0: Running backs continue to be the most overlooked and devalued position in the NFL. We are telling you why it's wrong and how it's going to affect the Buccaneers. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up and welcome to a WTSP Wednesday episode of Locked on Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter. I'm James Yarko at Jarko underscore bucks. He is Evan Klosky at Eklosky. WTSP, both of us credentialed members of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, you can find Evan on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10tampa Bay.com. You can find me over at SBNations And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers, who we always want to show our appreciation towards for their continued support of the show. So thank you for making Locked On Bucks, your first listener interview every Day, ESPN is going through and ranking the top 10 players at all positions, and we have more on that in a little bit. But first, Evan, you and I were chatting via the uh, mobile devices earlier on Tuesday saying, hey, what do we want to talk about on this wonderful WTSP Wednesday episode of the show? And you brought up the running backs. Now, of course, Monday was the franchise tag deadline And the biggest story was running backs, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, not getting long-term deals, not getting the big money. And even Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor came out and said, they want us, they draft us, but when it comes time to pay us, we're gone. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have his, his exact tweet in front of me, but Evan, what's going on with the running back position?
1: Yeah, so first let's say this that um there's a definite legitimate gripe to what the players are saying and being ticked off. I think there's a little bit of hyperbolic uh messaging from the running backs in at least how they're selling themselves, but let let's dissect this, all right? I think Jeff Darlington put it out there and it's Maybe the most damning piece of evidence, uh, which highlights the problem. And that's that The franchise tag for running backs has actually gone down in monetary amount from 2015 to now. That's incredible. So in eight years time, you know, you consider inflation and all these things that, you know, you got to add money, 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 more money. Every contract's going up and up and up. Running backs have gone down. So. Then people will say, you know, oh, you know, look at the amount of guys who are making money. You know, McCaffrey's salary, Henry's salary, Chubb's salary. Well, first and foremost, let me say this. It, you're you're talking about one percenters uh, and and. It's very rare to actually get a second contract as a running back. But even so, a lot of these running backs are one year deals under the guise of whatever contract they're given. And if you're an everydayer, you know, you don't look at contracts anymore, you look at fully guaranteed money upon signing. And the fact is, Christian McCaffrey only has $30 million or so in fully guaranteed money upon signing, which is the peak of their position, which is the most that any running backs getting right now. And if you go through the laundry list of, of the, uh, of the positions and how much they're making. I think I have the notes somewhere. Uh, if not, I will kind of paraphrase it. But, you know, you got to go through, like, I don't know, uh, double digits of quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Five safeties make more than that guaranteed amount, and that's also a luxury position. So it's, it's a little bit confusing to me how – Running backs are not valued yet. They're utilized extensively in offenses. So two things can be true here. Front office front offices would be dumb to overpay the running back position. It's also dumb to think that running backs should not be pissed that they're getting run into the ground doing the bulk load of the work, and then being told to shove off. Dalvin Cook, all he's done the past four years is total at least 1,300-plus yards of offense. And what what was the gift he got this year? He got cut. And you know what? He's still a free agent. Why is he a free agent? He won't take a pay cut. So let me get this straight. The guy is at the peak of his game. He's performing each and every year, and teams are saying, we don't want to pay you what you think you're worth And it's not you, Dalvin Cook. It's the position of running back. And that's the problem here. Because if Austin Eckler said tomorrow, you know what, I'm holding out this season. You think that the Chargers are going to be happy about that? You think they're going to say, you're replaceable. I don't give a crap. No, they're going to be a worse off offense. But they refuse to pay the position. So that's the struggle here. So we're going to run you into the ground, extract you for all you're worth. If you're good enough, you'll get tagged and you'll maybe make a, a one-year decent salary, which is $10 million for guys like Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Um, but most guys are like Tony Pollard, who got a four-year deal worth south of $4 million. He's going to have a monster payday this year. And if he suffers a catastrophic knee injury, that's it. You're done. Now, I, we can get into the minutia of hitting um, – pension marks and all these things. So long-term, you know, if you make it to the tag, you are probably doing all right in the long-term. But the, the fact of the matter is, if I told anyone out there, anyone, let me work you 80 hours a week, you're going to provide exceptional work for me as a company. And when you walk into my office and you say, hey, I'd like a raise, I've given you four years of my time. I feel like I've done some pretty good work. And I go to you and I say, Um, You know what, you're fired. And it's like, don't tell me that under those circumstances, you'd be okay with that. Because in your world, you have a marketplace where you can actually go to somebody else and seek more money and find a more desirable solution for yourself and parlay your situation currently versus other situations. In the NFL, you don't, you got no leverage. You want to go play in a CFL for much less money? You want to go play in a USFL for no money? I mean, it's like these guys have 0.0 leverage, and I'm wondering if the running backs all collectively get together and form some sort of sit-in, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are the teams going to find them? Are they really going to lean into that? What's it going to look like? What are the fans going to say, huh? What are the fans going to do when their running back is out, when the Bucks don't have Rashad White, when the Niners don't have Christian McCaffrey, when Austin Eckler's not there for the Chargers, when Josh Jacobs not there for the Raiders? All of a sudden, the position is going to look pretty darn desirable, because if you look at RB2s in these teams, guys don't have them. Some do. A lot don't. And and look no further than the Buccaneers roster of who would step in to a larger role in that scenario, considering the Buccaneers are a team that wants to run the ball a lot more, is in a system that's very conducive to running. And when Rashad White is done with his contract, that's four years, $5 million total, and he wants to get paid. And let's all say that we hope that Rashad White turns into the player we think, the Buccaneers are going to turn their back on him, maybe tag him, maybe not, and say, screw it, let's go draft somebody else. And that doesn't seem fair. So it's it's um, it's complicated. It's nuanced. Organizations are not doing anything wrong or criminal, like Christian McCaffrey said. There's nothing that organizations are doing that any person in a front office position, if you put any one of us there, wouldn't do. But that doesn't mean that it's right, and it doesn't mean that running backs should not be pissed. And the NFLPA... It's been said for a while they, they need to fight for running backs and running backs need to fight for themselves. And there needs to be some sort of solution here. I don't know what that is. For me personally, I think running backs should have an opt out clause in their rookie deals where after year two or year three, whatever, they're able to hit the open market. And I think then they'd be able to get some pay. They'd be able to get paid. Um, also there might be incentives for teams to extend them and offer them contracts, maybe after a really successful season to avoid that scenario. I think there's a way for teams um, to pay running backs again. And um, it's going to be really tough to figure that out when you have a salary cap and other positions are valued a lot more and are quote unquote, harder to find. So that's, That's where um, that's where the situation's at.
0: Well, we're going to put a bow on this running back conversation and take a look at which Buccaneers are still overlooked according to ESPN's poll of NFL executive scouts and coaches. That is next on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get ten times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on than to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen review view every day. Every dayers, be sure that you're coming back tomorrow as Dave and I continue to ramp up towards training camp when rookies report next Monday. But Evan, let's finish out this running back conversation before we talk about how dumb NFL executives, scouts, and uh, coaches are. And look, I, I realize this is a passing league. That's been the big thing. You know, it's, it's not... Your 90s NFL anymore where Emmett Smith and Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders and those guys ran the league, it's a Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, um, Jalen Hurts NFL now. But you see the running back position, as you said. You, you, you said it perfectly that these guys are taking on the bulk of the load You have teams that are relying on running backs like Austin Eckler, who has more combined touchdowns over the last two years than any other player because he also is a weapon in the passing game. Teams don't draft running backs in the first round anymore, and if they do, they get absolutely slaughtered on social media about it or they get their their draft grades ripped apart. 13 in the last 11 years, just to go to your point. And and most of them are coming at pick what 30, 31, 32, like at the very tail end. It's like, yeah, sure. We'll get this fifth year option on this running back because it's going to be cheap. These guys aren't getting paid anymore. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know, you know, what it's going to take for these players to get their value because wide receiver money is getting stupid. Quarterback money is getting stupid. Uh, You know, there's. Stupid money being thrown around on the defensive side of the ball. And nobody wants to give running backs money because when you do, they like to bring up Chris Johnson from the Titans who ran for 2,000 yards and then gets a big load of money and then falls off. Or they point to Ezekiel Elliott who got his bag and then he started to fall off. Now he's a free agent and no one wants to pay these guys. But then they keep throwing bad money after bad money at wide receivers that don't deserve it. Uh cough cough Christian Kirk because you know it's a passing league. So I at the end of the day, you take a look at the Buccaneers situation, you have Rashad White, you have Chase Edmonds, you have Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, should Bucks fans not get attached to Rashad White because he's going to be out the door in three years? It's possible. It's very possible. I would argue the more successful he
1: is, the more likely he's gone. And isn't that dumb? Isn't that ridiculous? You know, Tristan Wirfs has become one of the best offensive linemen in the game. You know what? He's going to get a fat contract, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, he, we're going to keep him. If Kalijah Kansi is the thing that we think he is, he's going to get a fat contract. Vita Vea got paid. Carlton Davis got paid. Jamel Dean got paid. Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to get a good salary, right? Because they, they did well under their deals. They're coveted, and teams want to keep him. Then with running backs... If you The the better you do, the more likely you're going to not get paid. And that is why you're seeing a lot of running backs still on the open market, some who are significantly better than the ones that are on NFL teams right now. And it's because guys like Zeke will not take a pay cut. And, you know, it it sucks that a guy like Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, people who have been supremely productive in this league are stuck with the decision of do you want a job and take a pay cut or do you want us to get rid of you and you know I'm part of me wants to be stubborn like some of the others in this league and say I want to get paid right like Dalvin Cook can be signed tomorrow but he wants to get paid uh, a good chunk of money Uh, on the other hand I'm not going to be the one that says hey turn down eight million dollars this year that seems like a good way to live life so uh, it's, um, yeah, that's it until something changes or, you know, there's a mechanism around allowing, uh, running backs to hit certain bonuses, um, during their peak, you know, there's definitely, uh, they're, they're, they're used and abused. And that's the, the whole thing here is that if they were, Decreasing in value in their utilization would be one thing, but running back 29 running backs had between 200 to 400 touches last year. All right, so I know it's a passing league, but it's not like the running back has gone extinct, right? Even the fullback is making an emergence right now, so we're actually bringing in another body back there. Um, a slight emergence, you know, I, I don't foresee another Mike Allstop, but uh, th- that's just where things are is that it, the positions devalued but it's valued so much that we still give them 200 to 400 touches per game. And, um, and that's, that's the problem. That's the whole, that's the whole respect level, uh, with that situation. So, you know, um, it, they have a short self shelf life. Rarely do you make it past like 28 and that's, it's tough. I mean, it's I, if you, you're a parent, you have a kid, I don't know why you ever want them to be a running back. These kids, maybe if you told me that they're going to make more money in college than the NFL, I, I would actually agree with you. I think the running backs would make more money in college than in the NFL. And then to that point, then I understand why you want to raise them as a running back. But
0: still. Yeah, it's it's getting out of hand. And, and running back has always been my favorite position in football pay them what they deserve. We, we need like a running back wage scale the way we have a rookie wage scale at, at this point in time. But uh, let's let's shift gears here, Evan, and let's talk about how NFL executives, coaches, scouts are the equivalent of the guys over at EA that do the Madden ratings because ESPN has compiled a list based on surveys that they sent out to those folks within the NFL to rate the top 10 players at each position group. And we're going to start off with some obvious, but also some bad news. There were no Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the top 10 of quarterbacks, running backs, edge rushers, tight ends, cornerbacks, defensive tackles, or guards slash centers. They did basically interior offensive wide for one category. Let's start with the wide receivers where Mike Evans was listed as an honorable mention and Chris Godwin was the last player listed as, quote-unquote, also receiving votes. This is pretty similar to the the Madden rating issue that David and I talked about on yesterday's episode, but these are some of the guys that were placed ahead of Mike Evans. And Evan, I'd I'd like your thoughts, but Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel all listed ahead of Mike Evans. And there's not a single one of those that I think deserves to be ahead of, of Evans and what he not only has accomplished, but continues to accomplish every year.
1: You know, if you thought we had to argue for Rondé Barber to be in the hall of fame, I already, I already know the struggles we're going to have with Mike Evans. I already know it. I mean, you know, to an extent, there's a part of me that thinks Mike Evans will be so much more appreciated when he retired and done with versus the present day. But he's constantly slept on. And to be honest, he's done
0: it with uh, – name his quarterbacks. Outside of Tom Brady, name yeah. his quarterbacks. Like uh, Mike Glennon, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown. Now he's got Baker or Kyle. You know, it's
1: – And, and you know, your best – um when you're, when you're as available as, as he is, which, by the way, is probably the number one thing. At least when I spoke with Rondé, I know it's his number one thing. But when everybody talks about his resume, the number one thing that they talk about with Rondé, he never missed a game. Now, Mike Evans has missed a game here or there. But that matters in this league because people miss games. And you you're no good to me unless you're on the field. So, you know, I would bet a good nickel that Mike Evans is going to have some sort of hamstring issue in training camp because <laughs> that seems to be consistent. Um, having said that, he goes out there, he guts through stuff, and he reaches 1K, um, and he's done it. I think you've argued this point before, as well as David. He's done it despite uh, a 17-game schedule. He's done it in 16 games, I believe, every time, mm-hmm. right? So um, you know, is it a little bit wonky that he had the extra game to fulfill the 16? We can debate that another time. But regardless, in 16 games, he has hit 1,000. He hasn't needed that 17th game. So, yeah, he's forever underrated. Players respect him. I think players know. I'll tell you this: uh, defensive coordinators respect Mike Evans. Go talk to them. They know. Yeah. They know his worth. So, to those who know. You know, and um, it's just a shame that he's not respected. But I think he's so over it now. He gets
0: it. He just, whatever, more fuel to the fire. Even Cam Jordan was attacking people on Twitter saying, you don't understand how good Mike Evans is. Yeah. When that's coming from from Cam Jordan, I think that speaks volumes. When Buccaneers
1: fans have to like Cam Jordan, that's a problem.
0: <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, we have some more players that were ranked appropriately and ranked not so appropriately. That's coming up next here on Locked On Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and this is a guy that I feel was ranked appropriately, but also might have come in a little bit too low. Look, I was really happy to see Antoine Winfield Jr in the top 10 of safeties but he did come in 10th still top 10 but it's the bottom of the of the top 10 but he was behind players like cj gardner johnson kevin byard and to- talanoa hufunga out of san francisco he's good i love he's, hufunga. he's good my, my thing
1: yeah my thing is with Antoine Winfield jr though is last year he was higher in those rankings they Todd Bowles messed him around this much. You know, he spoke on the Richard Sherman podcast being like, I don't think you guys understand how complicated Todd Bowles' system is and having to learn essentially every position and be excellent at all of them. Now that he'll be moved back to safety and in that role permanently, we think, I, th- I think you'll get the respect level back because uh, he had the concussion last year. He wasn't as productive as he was previously. So, and I, I think it was because Todd – Ask so much of him, which is why he's kind of peeling him back, uh, especially entering a contract year. I think they just want to go back to what he does extremely well. And they also want turnover is something he was able to provide when he was playing more of a center field role.
0: You all, and, and something else that we talk about a lot on this show is that Antoine was playing at an all-pro level, but his season got derailed by quite a few different injuries. So I think, I think that probably hurt him in the rankings as well. Now, sticking in... The secondary, Carlton Davis, the man who said he was going to go out and wreck stuff. He will you know, go one-on-one with the best of the best receivers across the NFL starting in week one against Justin Jefferson, but he received votes not even enough for an honorable mention. He was buried in the quote-unquote also received votes behind the likes of Legereus Sneed, J.C. Horn, Tariq Woolen, Marshawn Lattimore, Trayvon Diggs. I have my own personal opinions on Trayvon Diggs. He is feast or famine. He's going to get you an interception, but he'll give up two fifty-plus yard plays in a single game yeah. because he is so ball hungry.
1: It's I'm like that a
0: keep to leave sort of. Yeah, I I'm taking Carlton Davis over all of these guys and. I know I bash on Marshawn Lattimore on this show quite a bit. We're going to ramp up to the portion of the year where I'm going to be doing that. But, you know, he has quite a few of his struggles. It seems like he gets the better of Mike Evans more often than not. But outside of that, that dude gets his lunch taken from him quite a bit.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, again, Carl, I, I just made this point about Ronde and Mike, right? They're available. That should mean something. So if I'm going to say that I got to note that Carl Davis never plays a full slate. Never. He's always injured at some point. He's well, never stop played them on
0: punt coverage.
1: I, <laughs> I, yeah, there was that one time What? it was two seasons ago. He got hurt, but regardless I, when he plays a full slate of games, He'll be able to showcase himself more, maybe provide more stats, thus get him some some more love. When he's in there, he's spectacular. Um, you know, it, you know. Look, I covered UTSA, love that program. Tariq will and a strong product from there. Little bit too bullish on him outside of the gates. Um, as much as Tariq was opportunistic, he. You know, you mentioned Trayvon Diggs. He's probably, you know a little bit below Trayvon in that feast or famine, right? I mean, he got, he got torn up as well. He just, a lot of people tested him and they got burnt. Um, But they were also successful in doing that, which is why he kept getting those opportunities. Trayvon Diggs early in his career was the same thing, right? The offense understands the feast or famine and the risk reward, which means there's reward and then there are the turnover. It's not that they're bad players. It's just, there are the ability to they, – they sell out sometimes for the pick, which creates the opportunity for a big play. And as an offense, you're always looking for that for that, uh, that big gainer. So um, I think Carlton definitely deserves more respect. But I get it solely based on his injury history.
0: All right, we're going to switch back over to the offense real quick. We are not going to spend much time on this run. Tristan worse came in at number three among offensive tackles behind Trent Williams and Laramie Tunsil. I think we're all good with that, right? That's fine. fine. I fine. Th- yeah,
1: I think right. two or three, whatever, you can make it subjective.
0: Uh, off-ball linebackers, Devin White comes in at number five behind Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, and Matt Milano, while Levante David was an honorable mention Behind guys like Demario Davis, Shaquille Leonard, Nick Bolton, CJ Mosley, and Dre Greenlaw. Demario Davis it? is another guy who slept on, by the way. I mean, him
1: and Levante, I, I don't know. They seem to be doing it for a long time, and they seem to be doing a pretty damn good job. So,
0: I, uh, my biggest thing, I'm, I'm fine with where Devin White is because when he's playing at his best, he's up there with Fred Warner. Like, yeah, every uh, bit... As as high as Fred Warner, when he's not at his best, he's real bad. He's Quan Alexander when he's not at his best. It just seems like this list a lot of times is like an intangibles list, right? Right. But I, I take a look at, at Levante and I'm like, Levante David is a top ten linebacker in this league, but I don't know who I'm putting him above. Uh you know, out you know with with the rest of that top ten that I just named that that he's kind of sitting behind. Because like you said, DeMario Davis, he's he slept on quite a bit. Shaquille Leonard, he's phenomenal. He was hurt a lot last year. Um, didn't really get to show out. Bolton, Mosley, greenlaw they're all studs. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, finally, uh, probably the most egregious of all of these, even more so than Mike Evans being behind Terry McLaurin, which I still cannot for the life of me understand. Vita Veya finishes outside the top 10 as an honorable mention behind Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnan Williams, Javon Hargraves, Dexter Lawrence, DeForest Buckner, Deron Payne, Cam Hayward, and Jonathan Allen. Unacceptable. My, my counter, just to play the other
1: side of it, the counter would be Vita Veya is uh, and this really doesn't actually pertain to last year, a guy who got five and a half sacks, but he is sort of a one trick pony, right? Big dude stuff, you know, eat a lot of blockers, really good in the run game, can't play all three downs. Um, so I think when you, you talk, when you look at a lot of those other guys, you're three down defensive lineman who can put pressure on the quarterback. And Vea really is a dude who's a run stuffer uh, an elite
0: one, but that that I'm just, presenting the other side of the argument. I don't accept your side of the argument, and it's egregious that Vita Vea is not in the top 10. I stand by it, and I will not be budged, much like Vita <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any other reactions or thoughts on this list before we get out of here, Evan? Uh, one last thought
1: was I was surprised that Ryan Jensen was not mentioned. Like, did we really – I understand there's a little bit of like, what is he now? Is he okay? But,
0: um, you know, assuming he's, I mean, come on now, right? Like he was among those also receiving votes. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um,
1: until I get to see him and I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. He's toast. I still give him the benefit of the doubt of being in that top 10 list. Like for yeah. me, right? that guy's a difference maker. So that was someone who I thought was, um,
0: maybe a little bit snubbed. I can't wait till next year when Cade Otten is in the top 10 of the tight ends. With that, we are. I'm... Oh, it, it's going to happen. Every, our everyday. Write, no. Write it down. July 18th,
1: 2023.
0: Our everyday is no, I am a Cade Otten guy, but with that, we are going to bid you all a fair ado. David and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, if you have questions, thoughts, reactions, topic ideas, anything at all, you can leave those in the YouTube comments or email us at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Make sure you are following everything that Evan is doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10 Bay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCo underscore Bucks, at Ekloski WTSP. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.